Audio Parfait. You want to tell everybody? I got tested today. Yeah. She had, a, she had a little bit of a scratchy throat, so they thought it would be a good idea for her to go get I ha- I was running a fever yesterday. I've had a bit of a cough the past few days, and this morning I woke up with a hell of a scratchy throat, and uh, my son had a doctor's appointment, and there was an issue with the insurance card, and they called about it this morning, and I told them that I was probably going to cancel anyway due to the fever I had yesterday, mm-hmm. and they said, well, maybe you should go get tested, yep. and I went and got tested. So well, by the time our Saturday episode comes out, which is already recorded, so it won't be on there, but uh, by the time that episode comes out, we should hopefully know whether or not you're infected. We will know by Friday's episode of. I know this isn't real. I know it's I know not real, real but it, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. then maybe we can give everybody the hopefully good news. Fingers crossed. Then. Fingers yeah. crossed. Well, welcome to the weekday Cliff Notes episode of Open the Fucking Book. I'm Kevin. I'm Stephanie. So normally we start off the show by talking about what we're reading. Um, this week we're going to start off the show talking about something we both look. Red. Uh, if you remember last week, we talked about a little book called Little Poet Edgar Allan Poe Nevermore. So I said, fuck it. I went online and I bought it. And there it is right there, banging against the table. It's a waste of fucking money is it's what it is. It's not a waste of fucking money. Any, any book isn't a waste of fucking money unless it's written by like Sean Hannity or Bill O'Reilly. It is nine or ten pages of baby One, cardboard no, count the individual pages, not the one, two, one, two. It's like one of those baby books that's made out of cardboard. And it's freaking ridiculous. Yeah, 20. 20 pages. So it's a 10-page book. But there's 20 pages. There's a front and a back to each one, so it's 20 pages. But there's 10 cardboard pages. But it's still 20 pages. But, okay, so what they did, obviously it's not all of the Ravens. No, it left out a huge amount yes, of it. Yes, but again, huge. Uh, yeah, but it's for fucking toddlers. It's for Half little of, kids. It's for toddler. It's a toddler book. It's one of those, um, like she said, the hard cardboard pages. Something that you would just kind of read through real quick. Something they can look at. It's got pictures in it. They're not, you know, super bright. They're more. Uh, a little darker, some purples, some dark greens, um, a, a light gray for the skin tone. But that's that's the Edgar Allan Poe thing. So no, it's not the entire poem of the Raven. She, they 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 chose the parts of the Raven to put in there to still get part of the story across, but get it across in a way that isn't going to. Uh, prematurely scar children for life. Well, no. If you're going to introduce children to Edgar Allan Poe, you don't chop and screw the fucking poem up. That's my problem with it. That's why I'm angry with it. Well, but you're a purist. You don't think anything should be changed ever from the artist's original vision. 
Well, no. Okay, well, but that's what this is. This is. Well, no, that's not necessarily true either, because a book I'm going to be bringing up, it there's a series that's. Okay, well, let's focus on this because this, yes, okay, so they took a a. Mo- it's not a long, long poem, but it's a moderately long poem. And they shortened it down for kids. I see nothing wrong with it. I think it's fine. The I think the pictures would be engaging for kids. Uh, and it's not just, they don't just put down verses from the poem. She also writes herself on there to kind of explain what the verse means. They don't want to get into the whole you know, wanting to kill yourself because you can't get your love back aspect of it. Because that's, a, I mean, that's a little too dark for toddlers. But they are teaching them about how, you know, you can love and you can, you know, and, and grieve. You can have a loss. But it's not the end of the world. And you're going to go insane and drink yourself to death. But they don't cover that in this. <laughs> they just talk about the love, loss, and grief aspect of it. They're not, they're not, they're, they're deliberately not, they're deliberately choosing not to cover that part of it. They want to teach the kids the, the love, loss, and grief part. The rest of it, I mean, like I said, this is for like toddlers. Wait until the kids, you know, eight or nine before you start talking about alcoholism and suicide. I just. Well, I, I shot her an email. I'll see if she responds. I, we would love to, if not an interview, just, you know, do an email back and forth or, or something. You know, find out um, what she has to think about it. I, it. It doesn't bother me. I think it's cute. Uh, That's I, the thing. You can't make Edgar Allan Poe cutesy. Apparently, you can. And I can't believe we spent money on it. I, sure. They have a bunch of other little uh, poet ones uh, that I would have no problem buying. And given, you know, set aside and give to our... Uh, what are they going to do? Change Robert Frost and Emily well, Dickinson? They didn't change it. They, they just, did because no. they took out most of the fucking poetry. That's not changing it. They didn't change the words. They just took some of the verses from the poem out to point to... to it's the Cliff Notes version of The Raven that they made it child-friendly. I don't see what the problem is. With with introducing young kids to somebody like Poe, I there's not a problem with it. Well, you can't read a toddler the entire fucking Raven. You can no, because they're gonna get bored because they're not gonna understand half of what you're saying because he kind of he he's they're not, not gonna understand what not, you're saying in that no, either. Well, they are because the like while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. If they don't understand that, you can explain it to them, but that's pretty self-explanatory. And up here at the top it says, the poet was so sad he had lost his love, Lenore. That explains what's going on right there. And then and, and then a raven came to tell him, nevermore. And you get to explain to them this part of the poem, but you shouldn't have, you're not going to sit there and explain every piece of the raven to a toddler. They're going to ask a million questions anyway. So you might as well, a, because then that's going to further in their intelligence. But let them, So let them ask a million questions, and most of the answers are, are, are right here. He's going, will I see my love again? The lonely poet cried, and the ravens, nevermore. 
So, I mean, it, it's, you know, it sucks he's never going to see Lenore again, but at least, you know, it's a way to teach them love, loss, and grief. I am in favor of it. Stephanie, not so much. Email us, tweet us, let us know what you think. Um, I think it's cute. I, I'm more than happy to buy a whole bunch more of them, put them aside for the eventual day when we have grandchildren and I can... No, I will read from... I Don't tell me what I'll do with my grandkids. I'll... I'll... I'll read them all this shit if I want to. I will read the actual poetry. Okay. And then the, when they say, I don't want to listen to Grandma Stephanie because she's scaring me because Poe's scary, then I'll read them the simplified version and they'll like it a lot more. Mm-hmm. All right. So who, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I got I got the four that... Um, I got the the fiction, nonfiction, kids, and YA. Or I mean, I you guess why some... you have me upset, I might as well complain about something else. That All has right, me upset. here we go. There was a tangent. <laughs> That's not really a tangent. I just I'm I'm disappointed in fellow Potterheads. Um, apparently, the Grayfairs Grayfires Kirkyard Cemetery or graveyard in Edinburgh, where Thomas. Rydell's gravestone is, who was believed to be the influence for Thomas Riddle, mm-hmm. or Tom Riddle, rather, the the graveyard, it's it's becoming an eyesore because of all of the the fans going there to visit the the tombstone. And even the the tombstone is getting to the point where you can't even read it anymore. Okay, but I mean, how do you know it's what are they exactly are they doing? They're going to visit. They are traveling to visit the gravestone okay. of Tom Riddle. Okay. Or Thomas Riddell. Okay. In this tiny little graveyard. Yeah. And all the foot traffic's making it an eyesore. It's making it muddy. It's taking away all the grass. And it's, you know, from hundreds of thousands of people walking. Well, it's England, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's probably mostly muddy anyway. It's a it's a rainy, muddy place. Yeah, but it's getting worse because of all the, the foot traffic. Okay, well, that's one of those things. And then things. people touching the grave, it's you, you can't yeah. even recognize okay, it anymore. But that's one of those things that they shouldn't be going and, and ruining a gravesite, obviously. But, you know, on the other hand, if the city knows, or the county, or whatever, wherever exactly it's put, whoever is technically in charge of it, they know that, hey, this is becoming a you know, a hot spot, maybe we should charge people or maybe we should take donations or maybe we should set up stuff to where they're not trampling or just put a fence up and said, no visitors allowed unless you actually have family buried here. Do something. I mean, you can't just say, oh, because fans are going to go visit the things that they love. And if this is part of their lore, then they're going to go visit it. I know. I'm not saying that it's wrong to go visit it. I'm just saying I, with they're being disrespectful to the site. And I, yeah, I okay. thought that Harry Potter fans would be more respectful. Well, you can't say all Harry Potter fans will be more respectful because it just comes down to the person. True. It's not. It no no one fandom has. Well, everybody's respectful or nobody's respectful. You well, you, I mean, you always have Harry your Potter good people. Fandom, you always have your you, jackasses. We're more accepting of. Other races, the LGBTQ plus the. Are you sure? Or do you want to talk about the author of the whole thing? She doesn't count. We don't. Con- we don't 
condone her shit and we don't speak of her anymore. But you can't say, well, the fandom, if the author is a certain way, then that kind of reflects back onto the fandom a little bit. No, everybody disowned her. But not everybody disowned her. Look at her Twitter account. She's got plenty of people who are still on her side. Well, yeah. And listen, J.K. Rowling has done plenty of very good things in her life with her money. She's one of the only people that keeps becoming not a billionaire because she gives so much fucking money away. She helps a lot of people. And she does help the LGBTQ. But her comments about trans women and women being a gender, you know, just on its own... Most people look at that and say, you're wrong. Obviously, not everybody looks at it and says, and says you're wrong, but most people look at that and say, she got this one wrong. Is it something she should be vilified for the rest of her life for? A lot Apparently of people would, so. A lot Stephen of people King would say stopped yes. stopped following her. Yeah, a lot of people would say yes. But, uh, you know, that might just be something she has it's, to... It's one of those things where you stop liking the person who said this stuff, but you don't stop liking the product. Well, of course. I've said it a million times. I love H.P. Lovecraft's writings. But he's a shit person. As a person, he's fucking horrible. Somebody we will cover down the road on our on our uh, big series. But as a person, he's a piece of shit. But that doesn't change anything about how good of a writer he was. How how scary his writing was. So yeah, you could put out great material, but still be a shit person. But there's a lot of people who like H.P. Lovecraft that are also shit people who believe the same stuff he does. So you can't say, well, the whole fandom believes this way. It's some people are shit people. Some people are good people. They come in all shapes, sizes, and fandoms. So that's just the way it is. So, But, yeah, long story. To, to bring our tangent down to a center point, if you're going to see this gravesite, maybe don't trample through the mud and wipe the grave, touch the grave so much to where you can't even read. When was he... When was the grave made? Do you know? I mean, how old is this tombstone? Because the uh, older the tombstone is, the more wear it's going to have. I'm not sure. I um, I know in the Phantom, the Thomas Riddle was buried in like 1943. Tom Riddle, Tom. Yeah, the character, not yeah. the person. But if I mean, if if he was buried in 1943, then and it was based off of him, then it's probably pretty much. Maybe it's close. Then. That headstone's probably wearing away quite a bit anyway. Headstones, they last a long time, but after a while, you can't read them anymore. Yeah. So so if, if you're going to see this gravestone, be respectful. If you go anywhere, if you're any fandom, uh, one of my work friends uh, and boss just went to Seattle to see the Goonies house. The people who live in the Goonies house have to put up barricades and signs and fences and tarp half their house off because they get inundated with visitors to see this house. So if anywhere you go for your fandom, whatever you love, love it, but be respectful of it and the people who have to either live there or take care of it or whatever. So is that is that all you... Yeah, I mean, I can bring up more uh, in a little bit, but that's all I have to complain about. Okay. Well, that was sh- a lot shorter than I thought it'd be, because usually she complains more. Fuck off. Uh, so, okay, I'll, we'll, we'll get to the books for this week. So, my fiction book is uh, that's coming out is the autographed edition of Mallory by Josh Mallerman. 
Now, the film adaptation of Maller, Mallerman's first novel, Bird Box, was watched over 45 was watched over 45 million Netflix accounts in the first week. The best film, the best first seven days ever for a film on the platform. We watched it. Yes, we did. We enjoyed it. I know a lot of people gave it some shit because it kind of veered away from the book. Um, but we never. Every yeah, movie. It, it, that's just away. what happens. Uh, countless, core, countless more came to know the story through social media. The image of Sandra Bullock's character, Mallory, blindfolded as she's led uh, through a terrifying near-future apocalypse by the trained ears of her children, has become synonymous with a new generation of whore. Now, from the mind of a true master of suspense, comes the next chapter in the riveting tale. This time, Mallory is front and center, and she will confront the dangers of her world head-on. Uh, this is being published by Delray Books. We like we like the movie. Um I would be more than happy to get this book and read it. Now, this is the autographed edition that they have uh, on here, but I'm sure that you, know, you can get the regular edition if you don't want to spend the astronomical price for an autographed hard book, uh, hard book edition. Um, but that's definitely something that I would look into getting because that's right down my fucking alley. Yeah, me too. Horror and suspense. So for our nonfiction, it's The Answer Is by... Who is Alex Trebek? Uh, since debuting as the host of Jeopardy in 1984, the year after I was born. I'm, fuck, I'm old. Alex Trebek has been something like a family member to millions of television viewers, bringing entertainment and education into their homes five nights a week. Last year, he made the stunning announcement that he had been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. What follows was an incredible outpouring of love and kindness. Social media was flooded with messages of support, and the Jeopardy studio received boxes of cards and letters offering guidance, encouragement, and prayers. For over three decades, Trebek has resisted countless appeals to write a book about his life. He was moved so much by all the goodwill, he felt compelled to finally share his story. Quote, I want people to know a little more about the person they have been cheering on for the past year. He wrote that. Uh, it's an excerpt from The Answer Is, Refre Reflections on My Life. The book combines illuminating personal anecdotes with Trebek's thoughts on a range of topics, including marriage, parenthood, education, success, spirituality, and philanthropy. Trebek also addresses the question he gets asked most often by Jeopardy fans, such as what prompted him to shave his signature mustache, his insight on legendary players like Ken Jennings and James Holtzhauer, and his opinion of Will Ferrell's Saturday Night Live impression, which most of these most of these celebrities in love the impressions that are done, unless you're like a politician. Yeah. Mostly Republican politicians hate it. I know Joe Biden's not huge on some of the ones. Barack Obama loved the one that Fred Armisen did of him. Uh, the book uses a novel structure inspired by Jeopardy with each chapter title in the form of a question. It features dozens of never-before-seen photos that candidly captured Trebek over the years. This wise, charming, inspiring book is further evidence why Trebek has long been considered one of the most beloved and respected figures in entertainment. Uh, it's being published by Simon & Schuster, and it should be out now if you want to pick that one up. I love biographies. I don't know if I'll get this one. I was never a huge Jeopardy fan. My brother was a huge Jeopardy fan, so this would be more down his alley. But, um, yeah, Alex Trebek is, I mean, he's an icon of daytime television. Yes, he is. 
And, game show icon. Yeah. Well, just television in general. He's been doing it. You know, he's up there with Bob Barker. Yeah, since before we were born. So, well, a year after I was born. So, before you were born. Yeah. Well. You know, rub it in. Hey, guys. Have you been trying to grow out that beard? I know it took me a while to grow mine. Let me tell you about the people over at thebeardstruggle.com. They have the ultimate collection of beard growth and care products for guys who are just starting their beard journey and only have a little bit of stubble, all the way to men with glorious chin locks all the way down to their belly buttons. They use 100% natural ingredients, never test on animals, and promise a 365-day money-back guarantee. And now, if you use my coupon code KevinY15 at checkout, you'll save an additional 15% off your order. So go to thebeardstruggle.com or use the link in our show notes and get everything you need to keep that face fur healthy. And don't forget the code KevinY15. That's K-E-V-I-N-Y-1-5 for 15% off today. Go. Now. Odin demands it. So for our kids book, um, last week's kids book was for more for toddlers. This is for the age 8 to 12. If you're looking to get something for your kid um, from Scholastic Incorporated. It's War Stories by Gordon Corman. There are two things Trevor loves more than anything else. Playing war-based video games and his great-grandfather Jacob, who is a true blue, bona fide war hero. At the height of the war, Jacob helped liberate a small French village and was given a hero's welcome upon his return to America. Now, decades later, and Jacob wants to retrace the steps back he took during the war, from training to the invasion to the village he is said to have saved. Trevor thinks this is the coolest idea ever, but as they go to the village, Trevor discovers there's more to the story than what he's heard his whole life, causing him to wonder about his great-grandfather's heroism. The truth? about the battle he fought and the importance of genuine valor. So Ooh. it looks like there's going to be a little bit of a twist in there. It's a twist. Not too big of a twist because it's for 8 to 12-year-olds, but a good enough twist to hopefully it keeps them engaged in it. And then my young adult is from uh, Bloomsbury YA Publishing, A Girl from Nowhere by Tiffany Rosenhan. Sophia Hempworth has spent her, her life all over the world, moving quickly, never staying in one place for too long. She knows always look over her shoulder to be able to fight, to survive at a moment's notice. She has trained to be ready for anything. Sounds a lot like, um, what was that, that Red Sparrow movie with Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, I don't remember who else was in it. But I think that's kind of what they uh, akin it to. Yeah. Suddenly, it's over. Now, Sophia is expected to attend high school in a sleepy Montana town. She is told to forget the past, but she is haunted by it. As hard as she tries to be like her new friends and live a normal life, she can't shake the feeling that this new normal won't last. Then comes strong and, strong and silent Axel, whose skill matches Sophia's and who seems to know more about her than he's letting on. What if everything Sophia thought she knew about her past was a lie? Cinematic and breathtaking Tiffany Rosenhan's debut stars a fierce heroine who will risk everything to save the life she has built for herself. So, uh, I saw that, and you know, that seems like something I would I would personally be into. Almost uh, an espionage-type thing. Thriller. Yeah, thriller would uh, be... 
almost spy type, it feels like. Psychological, maybe. Yeah, something like that. It's definitely uh, looks like a thriller. Definitely um, something going on underneath everything. I think it's going to be one of those that keeps you uh, guessing about what's going on until maybe not the very end, but close to it. It's going to be hopefully one of those that they keep they keep the guessing going until to to keep you ingrained in the story until the very end. And yeah, I, I love those types of things where you never know what the fuck's going on until right at the very end, and then everything come kind of comes together. So I'll be interested. I'd be interested into uh, reading that one. So you guys can email us, tweet us, uh, let us know what you think about them. If there's any books coming out that you, uh, you yourself are reading or want to read, Stephanie, what else you got? Um, I want to encourage parents to encourage their children to write more. Uh, there was a ten-year-old that became a published children's book author. Oh yeah. Yeah, his name is Ronan Beitner. And he is a 10-year-old up in Bear Lake. I don't know what state that is. But his book is titled Diggle the Dog. Diggle the Dog. Mm -hmm. And uh, he went on record saying that he's hoping he can do it for a living because he really enjoys writing. Well, good. I mean, that's when I was 9 or 10, that's when I started writing, too. And I love doing it. Yeah. And, you know, if your kid is getting into writing... Let them do it. Good. What'd you say his name was? Ronan Breitner. Well, congratulations, Ronan, on putting the book out and becoming a published author. And we hope good things come to you. Yes. And uh, one of Dorinda Jones's books actually had a change of date for her release date. The Bewitched, the Bewixed in Between book number two will now be released on September 15th. They had to push it back a month. Mm -hmm. um, That's happening a lot with with a bunch of shit things getting pushed back right now for, you know, the reason everything else is getting pushed back for. Yeah, and then I found a couple books I want, I want to read. Um, one is The Year of the Witching. Okay. So it's uh, about this girl named Emmanuel. Uh, she's a different race than everybody else in her town. So she does her best to keep her head down and follow the rules. Uh, the town's a puritanical society. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she doesn't like a really... Salem type thing. Yes. Uh, she accidentally stumbles into a forbidden dark wood and finds her dead mother's diary. And so, I mean, anything with witches and stuff like that, I'm like, yep, that's me. I'm in. I want to read it. Yeah, I know. So I love it. And then um, coming out soon, or it may have already come out, I'm not sure, but I'm excited for it because I read My Lady Jane. Yeah, so one of your uh, Alcrate books. Yeah, that was like one of the first ones I got, one of the first few I got. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. It was by Brody Ashton, Cynthia Hand, and Jody Meadows. Yeah, it's the one we talked about a while ago that has three authors to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, they wrote another book. That was called My Plain Jane. Mm -hmm. uh, My Lady Jane was about a queen and king, and I forgot her name. And then My Plain Jane is about Jane Austen. And now they have My Calamity Jane. And it's going to be a Western-type setting. Well, it's Calamity Jane. Yes. Yeah. And 
I want to get it because obviously I have the other two books yes, in the you series. you have to have every book in a series. But I will read it even though it's set in the Western. But Nothing wrong with Westerns. I am, I'm not into the Western there's country n- shit. Yeah, I get, but there's nothing wrong with Westerns. I, I know. But, I mean, there's going to be, you know, guns and outlaws and stuff like that. So it, yeah. it should be pretty neat to read. And I can always, you know, add color in my mind instead of everything in sepia when I'm reading it. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what the imagination's for. Yeah. So I was, I was making fun of Stephanie uh, a little while ago about how she she has to have every book in a series, so I'm going to buy her, like, the third Fifty Shades of Grey book just so she has to go out and get the rest of them. No, I, I said I'd burn it. I don't want that book. <laughs> you wouldn't burn a book. I'd give You'd it. just give it away. I'd give it away. I would burn never it. burn a book. And I, then I know of a bunch of books, books I would burn from people who don't need to have their voices heard. <laughs> I get a notification on Twitter today because you're talking to another podcast. Uh, the question was, would you highlight or write in a b- book? Yeah, yeah. They had they had asked, you know, when it comes to taking care of your books, if you read through a book, will you will you highlight in it? Will you mark in it or anything like that? Put your that? own annotations in it. And uh, I was like, like I I would. I don't care because to me, it's not. You know, the book as a thing itself is sacred. It's the words in it. So, it was, I mean, that's what's important to me. And, and you know, it, you know, whatever. But my, I said, but my wife is a purist and she would never let anybody do anything like that. And let alone touch him. And he, and, he and, put a gift and, to and, the... and they're, and they're like, oh, she, uh, Puts me on a steel wall and, you know, locks it and throws away the key or some shit. And I, I tagged her in it so she could see it. And I was like, honestly, no, just none of us touch him because we know what will happen if we fuck up. And then I just put a picture of some an- anime girl slapping an, an anime boy around, <laughs> which is pretty much what it is. I did ruin one of her books, the uh, the Joe Hill book, um, Heart Shaped Box, because yes. I took it to work. She told me I could take it to work. I told her what would happen if I took it to work because my work is dirty and it came back dirty and bent up. And she's like, that's yours now. You owe me a new one. I said, I will buy you a new one. Yeah, he broke the spine. He, every page was filthy. Corner, he dog-eared pages. Which I, didn't, is... I didn't do it on purpose. It was from being in my lunchbox because I, I, I worked You at... don't dog-ear pages. I do. I worked at a steel foundry, and it's a dirty fucking place. You that told is a me, book faux pas. You told me. Again, the way you and a lot of other people look at books and the way I look at books are different. I love books, but they I don't... They are my precious. I love books, but I don't have this... They're so fragile affinity for them. They're they're pieces of paper. They're pages. And and if if I mean if it's a if it's like an original Dickens that he actually wrote on, that's different. If it's a printing of something, it's just ink on paper. You can get a different one if that one's ruined. And now you can get them all on your fucking phone. Most of my books are now are on my phone. So or my Kindle. Yeah. You gave it to me, so it's my Kindle. It's still my Kindle. No, you I gave just it to me. You, you told it. me I could have it. It's mine. It still has some of my books on it. But so. you don't read off a of Kindle because you like the feeling of the book in your hand and the pages. Right. So it's That's my That's why Kindle. I own over 500 books. That, that you read half of. So this whole, oh, books are so precious. I, what is in them, I get it. Again, if it's something that, you know, 
Hemingway or, or Wolf actually sat down with a pen and paper and wrote on her. They typed it themselves. Yes, that is precious. That is priceless. But the printing that comes off of it, just some douchebag sitting at the publication company, just, you know, photocopying it, some guy at Kinko's putting it together or something. Those aren't, that's not precious. Those are just pieces of paper with writings on them. You read the story and you keep it in your head and then just put it away and just make sure it's in good enough condition to where you can read it again. This whole affinity for, for books. I have I've several signed first edition copies. But that's different. Your Joe Hill book wasn't a first edition copy. It wasn't signed. It was just a book. It was a mass print. Yes, I know. But I also have signed mass prints. I have... uh... Okay, if it's it's something special like this, something specific, something that puts more value on it, then sure. These mass printing things, oh, well, we're we're, we're looking at selling 300,000 units, so we need to pump out 400,000, or we need to pump out 250,000 to make sure that you know, supply and demand work their way out, and you get one of those, there's 249,999 more of them out there. I'm sure you could find another one if this one gets... And I'm sure I'm pissing off a lot of fucking people that are listening right now, and I, you know what? I'm okay with it, because I don't give a shit if I piss people off with, with what I have to say. I just don't see the... Imp- I don't want to say the importance. I just... I don't see what it matters if just a regular old mass pro- produced book gets a little torn up or worn i look at my books if if the owner if it's worn out from you reading it that's one thing it was that joe hill book was worn out because i was reading it no from me like if i wore it out from me reading it okay. that's one thing like you did your uh gulliver's travel book when you were a kid yes yeah okay um, and Heidi and Scarlet Letter okay. and stuff like that. That's completely different because that's you doing it. That's wear and tear on it from years of reading it, multiple readings, so on and so forth. Okay. You read it once and it came back destroyed. It was not destroyed. You can read that book perfectly fine. Yeah, the spine is, is cracked in the back. Oh, fucking well, none of the pages are falling out. Some of the pages have dog-eared from it being in my lunchbox. Because that's how I have to carry it in. Because if I carry it in not in the lunchbox, it would be completely filthy. So, okay. But again, none of the pages are, are stained or dirty to the point where you can't read it. You can read the book perfectly fine. All right. Now, if somebody just takes a book and just starts cutting it up, throwing it in a fire or something just for the fuck of it, then yeah, you shouldn't do that shit. But if it gets that way because you're reading it, what's it fucking matter? And don't say I treat my books like they're my children because no, nobody treats their books like they're their children because if you did, if your book got torn up, would you mortgage your house to buy a brand new book? No, you wouldn't, but you'd mortgage your house to pay for medical bills for your kid. That's the difference. So all you people are saying my books are my kids, my my dog's my kid, my cat's my No, they're not. Your kid is your kid. Everything else is book or pet or whatever. I, we love our dog to death, but we would not mortgage our house to pay for something that he needed because the dog is going to be here for another five years, six years, if you know he's healthy. Uh, the house we're going to be living in for the rest of our lives. So the kids we'd mortgage the house for. Dog, cat, 
book, not going to happen. So I hate to, you know, it's just your, your books aren't your kids. No, but we have probably tens of thousands of dollars worth in my books and book memorabilia. I don't care. We wouldn't, but we wouldn't mortgage the house for it. But okay. Well, so that's a conversation that I'm sure I'm going to get reamed over and that's fine. I, that, I bring it on. I don't care. Um, so in saying so, let's give everybody our socials so I can hear about it. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Audio Parfait, at Open a Effing Book, and that's... F-I-N-G. F-I-N-G. I am at E-C-J-B-A-T. I am Young, E-T-A-M-6 on Twitter, and just Young E-T-A-M on Instagram. I haven't really done a lot on Instagram. I do some on Instagram. I watch more. Twitter, I've been mostly doing the open a fucking book. If, if you tweet me on mine, you're probably not going to get a response for a very long time. So if you need to get a, if you want to tweet me and curse me out, it's at the open a fucking book. Um, or you could just do old school way and email us. Like old school would probably be snail mail. Yeah. But you can email us at info at audioparfait.com. Uh, tell us what books you're reading, what books, uh, are coming out you're excited about, tell me I'm a shithead. I don't care. Go to our webpage, audioparfait.com, where you can get episodes of Open a Fucking Book. All of the back episodes that we have on all of our series on Mark Twain and Harper Lee and Robert E. Howard and uh, Burroughs finishes up this week, finally. Oh, no, Burroughs finishes up last week. Uh, we start a brand new series Saturday. The, the first episode of a brand new series Saturday, so tune in to find out who that is. Uh, not going to give you any more than that, but uh, it's it's a lot. It's a little bit more, uh, not so morbid. Hmm, more, yeah, morbid <laughs> as Burroughs. Um, and you can also get episodes of our wrestling podcast. I know it's not real, but that had to hurt, where we talk about you know the rumor mills and the. The news of wrestling, we talk about, you know, we make our picks, we do our Mount Rushmores, talk about what we love and what we hate and what's going on. So check that out if you're into wrestling. Go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash audio parfait if you think that we're doing a good enough job to where we can get one or two dollars out of you a month. Um, you know, we'd appreciate it and we understand if you don't want to, this shit's free, but daddy's got bills to pay. Mama's got bills to pay, daddy doesn't pay him. Daddy makes the majority of the money that pays them, though. Yes, he does. Okay. But uh, I, I've been saying this lately a lot. Go to your libraries. Go to your local bookstores. Help them out. Uh, volunteer for your library if, if your local library does that type of stuff, even if it's just going around wiping the books down so other people can have them if they're open. Um, go to your bookstores. Buy, you know, buy a book if you have the money. Uh, most of everything I pull off comes off of book a million, Books A Million because they have a good website for it, but them Barnes and Noble don't need your money near as bad as your local independent bookstore. So you could also go to Goodreads.com. They yeah. have a a place where you can enter to win free advanced copies, uh, advanced reader copies. They're called ARCs. Yeah. Uh, we have a good good um, Goodreads account. I have a Goodreads account. Well, the the show does too. I just oh. haven't done anything with it. Oh, um, that's so cool. once I get that up and going, I'll put a link up in the webpage and we'll, you know, put our social out for that. But until then, I haven't, I just haven't had the time to do anything with it. Oh, um, well, anyway, you can, uh, you can apply for ARCs and you can apply for every single one of them if you want. Uh, they usually come out around the third through the seventh of the beginning of the month. 
Um, I've won a couple books that way. Yeah. Um, it's exciting because I've gotten a lot of contact with authors that way. Yeah. Well, it's always fun to win shit. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I love Goodreads. Yeah. I don't do that. I, I, I do some Goodreads stuff when I'm re- researching because it gives me a better idea of what book is better than what other book. Um, for the research side of it, but I don't really do a whole lot through Goodreads. But I, I can find the time between work and you know production on the show and editing and posting and all this stuff. I will find the time to finally get that down. Maybe I'll give that to you as your project to do throughout the day, since you know you're home and the kids kind of take care of themselves. So yeah, but when kids go back to school, I have to be a teacher too. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got, I mean, you got a little bit of time for that. So maybe I'll let uh, Stephanie handle the Goodreads account and she can get everything up on there. Um, so check our show notes. We'll have all the books that we talked about on there with links to the author and to the book. So if you want to purchase, you can. If you want to talk to the author, you can send them a tweet or Facebook or wherever they have it to where you can get a hold of them. And uh, I think that's it for this week's episode of uh, Weekday Cliff Notes. I believe that is it. All right, well, I'm Kevin. I'm Stephanie. So. Take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and between now and the time we get to talk to you again, do yourself a favor. Go open a fucking door. All right, I'll see ya. Bye, guys.